We are live. Welcome to the Carl Vibe Show and podcast. We are available now everywhere as a podcast. If you want to go ahead and check it out in podcast form, this is the kind of show that I want to do tonight. That is just going to be a solo show, just me and you here listening or watching this, especially if you're here live. Thank you so much, all of you who have decided to join uh, live and listen to this tonight or join up with me. Tonight, I want to do something really special. I want to basically get really personal with you guys and try to become relatable. I spend a lot of time on other shows and on this show here interviewing other people and talking to people about their paranormal encounters and different types of strange occurrences and phenomenon that has happened throughout their life. And so we're going to have fun tonight. And this is like my favorite kind of show, my favorite kind of podcast. Whenever I have like a really long truck drive, if you're a trucker out there or a late night long haul driver, uh, if you're working the midnight shift, which I've done many times in my life before, or you're somebody who likes to pop in like headphones or podcasts and just like listen to a show, uh, this is going to be right up your alley because uh, I'm throwing the script out the window and I'm just going to tell personal stories from my life. Uh, I want to start with every paranormal and strange encounter and experience that I've had from out-of-body experiences as a child, moving around and exploring the house, uh, to having different types of paranormal type encounters to sleepwalking incidences with missing time. And some of these stories and experiences uh, I've never really shared with hardly anybody in my life because I didn't want them to freak out. And also because of the way that I grew up, uh, I didn't fit within uh, the belief system in which I was raised. And so I didn't share a lot of these experiences, but maybe now is the time I'm going to come forward with <laughs> everything that I have, and I'm not going to be able to get through all of it. I'm going to start here and start at my earliest memories and try to come up uh, through from the beginning all the way up. So first of all, uh, I've kind of been putting this video off for a while and one of the reasons is because I have another video idea planned where uh, I've been wanting to go to these local petroglyphs that are in the area that are really cool. These Anasazi petroglyphs uh, that go along this cliffside in this riverbank. And uh, I want to go there late at night and do some meditation. And I have a whole kit, like a gear backpack uh, full of paranormal investigation equipment. I now have an infrared camera. I have a little FLIR attachment that goes on my phone. So I have infrared uh, uh, and FLIR cameras, night vision. I've got, uh, you know, paranormal sensors and all kinds of different cool stuff. So I want to go up to these ancient sites and do some uh, really cool stuff. But honestly, it's been so hot here and we've had all these fires and everything in, in the throughout the region. So they've actually had been posting warnings and everything in the area to not spend too much time outside because of all the smoke and everything. So I'm just checking everybody out in the, in the chat and over in the comments. Thanks so much for joining Jack D whiskey, Samuel Fry, uh, Amar Cortez, Mary Kay, everybody who's uh, joining up. Uh, Linda, thanks so much for joining. Hi, uh, Mary Kay, everybody who's uh, joined up uh, live here. I appreciate you guys so much uh, giving you guys a quick shout out. So, yeah, I was going to go do some paranormal investigations at some petroglyphs and stuff. Um, so that's coming up as soon as the weather's a little bit cooler. Uh, I don't want to go when it's overcast because 
I want to do it at night so that possibly I can see stuff. I actually live fairly close to Area 51, and these petroglyphs are strangely facing that direction. So it's really cool to go sit up there and look at night, and you see sometimes strange stuff flying over. So I want to go sit up there, show everybody the petroglyphs, the ancient carvings, talk about the history, and make a little video documenting that, and then do some paranormal investigating about the whole thing as well when I'm there. Put together kind of like a pre-recorded video instead of just like a live show. But uh, So that's coming up. I've also got Phenomicon coming up. For those of you guys that aren't aware of that, I'm not a part of Phenomicon. I just saw that it was happening and I live close enough. I have family around there. So it's in Vernal, Utah. It's right near Skinwalker Ranch, very close to uh, Blind Frog Ranch where all the strange paranormal stuff goes on there from UFO sightings to uh, paranormal encounters on the ground, ghost type encounters, orbs of light and all sorts of strange stuff that you see on the TV show on the Discovery Channel. The uh, Is it the Discovery Channel or History Channel? The Skinwalker Ranch show. You guys are all familiar with that show. Um, anyway, Phenomicon has the whole cast and a bunch of people from both the Blind Frog Ranch show. If you haven't seen that, that's a really fascinating show. It's a little bit farther away from Skinwalker Ranch, uh, but I think the two are somehow kind of connected. But anyway, we're going to be going, or I'm going to be going up by myself to hang out at Skinwalker Ranch at Phenomicon and meeting everybody there and also doing a tour of Blind Frog Ranch and Skinwalker Ranch. So Phenomicon is going to be awesome. That's coming up. Also, uh, this Thursday, uh, two days from now, we have uh, an interview I'm going to be doing with Vinny from the Disclosure team. I'm going to be guest appearing on his channel. We're going to do an open conversation talking about the nature of reality and human consciousness and how it relates to UFOs and UAPs and the disclosure movement and maybe how all of it fits together with our own perceptions of reality, kind of dig into, into that deeper. Uh, Vinny's a really uh, cool guy. I'm excited to do that. Uh, live interview with him on Thursday. So make sure and go check him out on the disclosure team. That's all coming up as well. Um, so yeah, so anybody who has any comments or anything, I'm going to try to feature them on screen. If you're watching on YouTube, if you're listening um, on podcast form, I'll read the questions out so that you can follow what we're doing. And if I'm telling any stories about encounters and things from my childhood, I'm going to try and get as descriptive as possible. I also want to get into doing some remote viewing training and I want to set up a dry erase board here in my office. I have this adjustable desk that goes up and down. And so I want to be able to raise it up, move the camera around, and then uh, get a dry erase board. And as I learn remote viewing, I want to join and slowly uh, become part of some of these remote viewing groups that uh, are involved right now, uh, like Daz Smith is doing it uh, over in the UK. They work in these teams of remote viewing groups that do double-blind remote viewing uh, experiments and studies on these really interesting esoteric targets. Um, and I think it would be a really cool next step for my life to certify and become a remote viewer. I live like a half an hour, 45 minutes away from uh, some of the uh, uh, the top school in, in remote viewing that Paul Smith, I just did a show with him, an interview with him uh, that he actually teaches at. So I might sign up and go and see if I could do a whole show with him. So anyway, hey, Stephen, OMG. Uh, hey, everybody, uh, thanks for joining. Jack Whiskey says, don't mess with Ouija boards. Uh, yeah, so we're going to talk about all of this. Uh, Mary Kay says, don't mess with Ouija boards. Who messed with the Ouija board? 
Jack D. Whiskey says that they had a bad experience with Ouija boards and had sleep paralysis for months after that. Okay, so this is a really good segue, actually, <laughs> into the entire conversation because growing up as a child, I uh, I don't think I realized exactly what was going on in my life because as a kid growing up, um, my experiences were kind of funneled into an organized religion. I grew up very uh, organized uh, standard Mormon religion, a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I'm no longer a member of that religion anymore, but I understand the beliefs and I understand the value systems and I carry a lot of those still to this day. But uh, a lot of the things that happened to me in my youth, I usually tried to fit inside that box where they were answered or explained away to me within those terms. And it's taken me a long time to sort of uh, come to terms with the entire entirety of the experience now from a more holistic and philosophical and real perspective instead of trying to look at it just through that one lens uh, through the religion that I grew up in. So I wanted to start with my earliest memories. I mean, I have fragmented memories uh, of my earliest ones when I was very young, but early on, uh, we rented a house as a family. I'm the youngest of four kids. Uh, my oldest two brothers are quite a bit older than me. There's about a 10-year gap between them and then the brother just older than me and myself. And so I was the youngest of four, and my parents were both very hardworking and making a living and doing the best that they can. And at one point, they had a sandwich shop that they opened that was basically like a, a Subway sandwich shop or a restaurant that you could come in, pick out all the toppings, and they would make the, the hoagie or the Subway sandwich right in front of you at the counter. And it was a family-owned business. This was like before Subway was really like a thing or had gone national. Um, I was born in, in uh, 1978. And I was kind of raised in this sandwich shop. So even my earliest baby pictures, I was sort of I was in the sandwich shop. I was wandering around as a toddler, kind of behind the counter, like in my diaper. My earliest pictures of me are there uh, in this hoagie shop. It was called Hoagie Heaven. And it was in two different locations. It started in one spot and then moved to another. All of my memories are from the second location where the restaurant sort of moved to after the first spot. And the two spots are sort of blurred together. But the second location is what really sticks out in my mind because I spent, I, I think my cognitive ability in my mind was a little bit more sunk in. I had the ability to remember things and piece things together. But this is when strange things started to happen to me because I spent a lot of time when my older brother started to go to elementary school, I spent a lot of time playing down in the basement by myself. So the restaurant was upstairs. My parents worked behind the counter all my brothers were going to school and I was like a toddler. So I would play kind of in the office or around the customers or kind of behind the counter and, and things like that. And just sort of stay out of the way. One of those little kids. And uh, I would end up uh, down in the basement. And this was like a kind of a creepy unfinished basement to me. It seemed pretty big, but if I went in there now, it's probably just like a little storage basement unfinished with cement walls Um bare wooden two by fours, electrical stuff exposed, like electrical outlets exposed and things like that. I spent a lot of time sitting down in there uh, playing a lot of time by myself. And 
sometimes I would like fall asleep down there and have these sort of out of body paranormal naps, or I would fall asleep upstairs in the office and even sometimes at home. And I would have these sort of dreams, but they were like augmented reality dreams that I would describe like uh, being in the real world in the actual room in the restaurant with the stairwell going down into the basement, these like wooden unfinished stairs going down into this dark basement. And I would have recurring dreams. Now, the reason that this felt really paranormal to me, and I've thought about it later, is because I had the same dreams over and over and over and over again. And I've even had this dream as an adult later in life. I've had it repeated again with different added details or a little bit more lucid detail to it. But for some reason, this recurring sort of paranormal dream and encounter where I go down the stairs into this basement and it's exactly the same, but very black and white. Like there's no color scale to anything in this reality. It's like a one-off dimension, a very low energetic type of realm of reality. And when I turn and look at the wall, there's like a window or like a portal. And it's literally like an energetic rip in the fabric of the concrete of the wall. And I can see through, and I'm at this time, I'm probably like five or six years old. I can see through, uh, looks literally like a flowing window or an opening that goes through the basement floor into literally like another dimension. And I would step through this like portal into this other dimension And the floor was like a a giant tile, like travertine type checkerboard. So it was like white and black checkerboard (laughs) uh, sort of alternate dimension that I would step into. And there would be these large pillars that would go up into the sky. And the sky honestly was like almost kind of like the background here in the studio, like a sort of a strange... Uh, purplish, like pink color. So once I stepped through in this portal into another dimension, it was like suddenly there's vivid color everywhere and I can see everything. And it's like these bright colored clouds, pink sky, purple sky, um, these big stone pillars, like something out of like a Greek or like a Roman Colosseum or something like that. Uh, giant pillars everywhere. And just these random like fragmented walls like cubicle walls but they're made of cement and stone like these monolithic uh stone walls and i would step into this other dimension and look around and inside the stone wall there would be uh this girl or like a person and they were enmeshed and trapped inside the stone wall like they were um merged (laughs) like the Philadelphia experiment merged with this concrete wall. So half of their face is coming out of the stone. Part of one hand and arm is, is coming out and they're alive. And it's like, they're stuck in this alternate dimension. And they're looking at me through this one eye and part of their nose and mouth. That's partially free. Uh, But it's like they, they entered this alternate dimension or this dreamscape and then got stuck there. And, I would go up to this person 
and try to talk to them. And I, I wouldn't be able to communicate. And they would look at me with their one eye, like they were aware of me, but they would never actually respond or say anything. But it was almost like there was this panic to try and get them out or try to set them free. And so I would spend this time trying to peel away the concrete and with my bare hands around this person that was seemingly trapped in this other dreamscape or alternate dimension. And the, remember, this is like a window a portal open in the basement of this restaurant, the sandwich shop. And I'm like six years old at the time going through having this experience. And I don't understand any of this at the time that I'm just trying to, yeah, I'm like, I'm like probably five or six years old. And, but I'm stepping through this wall, like into this alternate dreamscape dimension. There's this checkerboard floor that goes on as far as I can see and all these random stone shapes and walls and these large, pillars like that you would see out in front of like a, a government building or like a courthouse that just go up all the way into the clouds. And then these strange pink and purple clouds everywhere. And then this person or this being like stuck inside this stone wall trying to get out and they can't get free. Like they're trapped and merged into this, into the concrete. And I try to get them free and I can't do it. And then there's the sense of urgency, like I have to leave. And so I promise them I come back and try to help them again. And then I go back out through the portal. And then it's like, I wake up in the room where I was napping. And some of the times it was the basement. It was the same basement where I had the whole experience. And I don't know how many times I've read this now as an adult, similar type of experiences in out-of-body travel books or sleep paralysis type experiences, but uh, it's very similar to that. And what's strange about it is that I had that dream recurring or that sort of paranormal type experience recur over and over and over again. I can't even tell you how many times I've had that dream even repeated, probably I would say even in the last five years, I've probably even had it at least once, but uh, it's like I go back into this basement, step through into this alternate dimension. I encounter this entire thing and uh, it's, it's really wild. This it's like the most vivid one. And the only reason I can remember it is because I've had it so many times. I, and, and when I first started having it, I remember even telling my mom and then having the dream many times. I probably had it like, once a month for that entire year of my life, I'd have that dream again. And it was like, I'd go back through, same scenario. And, and as I got older, I would try to do different things and become more lucid. And I almost wonder now if it was just sort of like a training experience that my subconscious was going through to try and understand like lucid dreaming and out-of-body astral projection travel, different things like that. But those were like my first sort of paranormal experiences uh, that occurred. And this sort of carried back home with me as well. Uh, when I would sleep at night, we lived in this house, some of my first memories, that was a rental home that also had a basement. And then it had this really strange, like a small wooden doorway that opened up to a crawl space that went between the upstairs and part of the house that didn't have a basement or the downstairs, but was attached. So there was only half a basement, but a full upstairs. And the part of the house that had a full upstairs, but no basement, there was this kind of crawl space. And it's one of those creepy crawl spaces where when you open this door or slide this door open or unlatch it to go in there or to look in there, it was like just dirt covered with like a layer of thick black plastic. So as you can imagine, like in your mind as a little kid, 
it's like you would visualize like the most scary place you could go would be locked in this cramped space in the dark with a bunch of cobwebs and black plastic on lumpy ground that feels like a bunch of body bags that you're crawling over. And that was basically like what the crawl space was like for my like memories. And uh, by the way, everything that I'm telling is, is totally true. This is true for my childhood, the way that I can remember and recall it. And we'll go for like an hour or so here. I'm going to tell every paranormal encounter, every paranormal experience that, that I've had. Um, thanks Gregory for joining and Steven OMG sated everybody who's joining in the chat and Hill Homestead. Hello from Alabama. Uh, shout out to Addie, Emma and Lawson. Uh, you guys <laughs> watch our channel religiously. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. So quick shout out to everybody who's uh, joined over in the live show, the chat. Um, okay. So, uh, these encounters and, and, or strange paranormal experiences sort of carried back in, in when I was home as well, because I had these sort of like, uh, I call it out of body because it was like I would go to bed at night and I, we had a bunk bed and my brother slept on the top bunk and I was on the bottom bunk. And I was always jealous because I wanted to go and sleep in my brother's room down in the basement because he had like his own bed down there. They, both of my brothers had two twin beds. And I was always like, man, I want to go sleep down in the basement where it's like nice and cool down in there and, and hang out with my brothers, you know. And uh, yeah, so I would go to bed at night and it was like I would sort of wake up uh, and now that I look back on it and the way that the memories are, it was like, I wasn't actually awake, but I was sort of dreaming that I was still in my house and very vividly running around my house and running around and playing and looking at things all the time as a kid. And I honestly, now that I've studied a lot of it, I've read a lot of Bob Monroe's books, William uh, Buhlman's books, um, a lot of studied, a lot of meditation and different things like that. I've, uh, realized that <clears throat> I was probably having little out-of-body travel experiences where sleep paralysis would kick in as a little toddler, a little kid, and I would leave my body, my my consciousness would leave my body, and I would run around my house like a ghost. And I honestly think I was probably doing that because as a kid, I remember uh, playing around at night in the dark in my house all the time, uh, running around in the hall, exploring the kitchen, and going down and seeing my brothers sleeping in their bed um, and then feeling really uh, like strangely drawn to like I wanted to go in and I have memories of going in and crawling in the crawl space. Now, I have also memories of going into this crawl space under the house as a kid with my brother with flashlights just to play around for real. But I have memories of doing this alone in the middle of the night, like I was sleepwalking and they're like dream memories, but not. <laughs> so I also had these like sleepwalking out of body paranormal type of running around my house as a little kid type of experiences. And this sort of like, I never related to anyone. I, I just assumed I was like, dreaming that I did it at the time. But now that I am an adult and I've had similar experiences as an adult and I've triggered similar experiences in a, as an adult on purpose, I realize now as a kid that these were sort of uh, phenomenal paranormal type of experiences that I was having, repeated dreams, out-of-body sort of stuff. So at one point, 
uh, we moved to the house next door. I had similar sort of like coming downstairs and going into the kitchen and, and looking around in the house. Uh, this house also had a crawl space in the basement covered in plastic. I have memories about that as well, but I don't have any kind of like lucid dream out of body travel experiences where I went and crawled in the space. But in the house before that, I have dreams of going uh, in through this wooden door and crawling or floating back through this dark, strange place and then waking back up again, uh, back into uh, in my bed or uh, sort of waking up and realizing I'm back in my body, back in my bed and the sun hasn't come up. It's still the middle of the night. And then I roll over and go back to sleep. And I had little sleepwalking experiences and stuff, but none of that really amplified until we moved. When I was like, just before my, my eighth birthday, we moved to another small town, uh, you know, about 15 miles away or something like that. It wasn't too far. We moved to uh, a small little town. And this house had a shaded history. We didn't know this until later, but this house had a dark history with a, uh, a, a, I don't want to go into a lot of details, but let's just say the previous owners had a, a very abusive dark past within the family and the previous people that lived in the home, the owner of the home and the, the head of the home was actually incarcerated and put in prison for some of the things that occurred in the house. And even in that it occurred probably in the bedroom that I slept in every night <laughs> and in the basement that became my bedroom. <laughs> so this sort of all amplified uh, when we moved into this house. Now I want to describe this home to you guys. It's a two story home. You go up to the front of the home and it's a big A-frame because we got so much snow in the winter time. I mean, it would dump and dump and dump. And so all the, the homes in this area were kind of built uh, to deal with this. But the house that we got especially looked like a big gingerbread house. It was brown, just like gingerbread. It had a steep A-frame, like a steep angled roof to it, uh, very peaked roof. So when you went upstairs the walls were kind of angled strange, like the roof would slope into the walls. So uh, it was very, very uh, odd house, kind of old and unfinished. The basement was all, again, unfinished, just wooden studs and insulation and plastic and then concrete floors. And it would flood in the summertime when the farmers would flood the fields across the street to flood irrigate. We would get like a foot of water in our basement. So you'd go down in there to go in the pantry and it was so creepy. We'd have to turn the lights off, keep the power off in the basement so you wouldn't get electrocuted and then go down into the basement to get like a can of corn out of the pantry for dinner and different things. But my bedroom was upstairs on the second floor and on the south side of the house, my room was on the north side. If you stepped out of the doorway of my bedroom and walked across the hall, there was another guest room. And then if you went out the door through that guest room, it would go out onto an upper balcony. So there was a second story balcony with no ladder or stairs. It was just like a hangout spot. You could go out and put a chair up there uh, and just sit and like <laughs> look out over the farmer's fields and the hill, the hills and stuff. There was really no neighborhood. It was just all farming farmland 
and the, the Grand Teton Mountains in the distance. And it was, uh, I, I started having these strange experiences where I would wake up in bed and just be completely terrified. I would have, uh, first of all, I should say, I'll just jump right to it. Okay. I don't know why I'm dodging this because I'm afraid that in talking about it, there's this phenomenon that with talking about sleep paralysis and some of this, sometimes it like reawakens it or triggers it to start happening again in your life. And I haven't really had anything like this happen in a long, long time. But when I was a kid, I would wake up and it was like I could, it was like I could move around, but it was like, paralyzed, absolutely paralyzed. And I couldn't tell if I was paralyzed with fear or absolutely just paralyzed in my body. But I felt like I could look around the room and glance around the room and open my eyes. But I could not, for the life of me, bring myself to get out of bed and go over and turn the light on. And I know this is very typical just to wake up and be afraid to get up and turn off the light. But I would see out the second story window, when I would forget and leave the blinds open, I would see what appeared to be a woman, uh, like an old, old elderly woman outside my second story window hovering about, I don't know, maybe five to six feet away from the glass. And imagine if someone was in the bedroom and you, and they were standing in the room about six feet away from the window. So you could see their reflection in the glass and it made it look like they were six feet away. So I couldn't tell if what I was seeing out the window was actually floating two stories up out the window, or if the reflection that I was seeing in the glass that appeared to be hovering outside the window was just something that I was seeing actually an apparition of this old woman standing in my room facing the window next to my bed, <laughs> right? So I couldn't tell if it was like the, the mirror reflection off the glass that made it look like she was hovering outside the window from inside my room or if this was actually an entity, some sort of a paranormal entity outside the window looking in at me. And this thing would move its eyes, it would turn its head, uh, it would all in sort of this weird depth perception illusion of reflection in the glass. And as soon as it would look at me or notice me, I would become so paralyzed with fear, so terrified, I would finally sort of come out of it. And it would be like uh, coming up out of the deep water. So I would, it, it was like coming in back into my body or, or being able to move my body was like coming up out of ice water from the deep ocean or something. Um, and I would finally start shaking and I would feel this like ice water sensation of terror run through my body. And then I would finally jump up and flip the light on and look around my room and there would be nothing in there. And I would go be terrified to look out the window and shut the light off or, or I would, I would sleep all night with the light on 
terrified to even go out the bedroom door and go down the hallway. Uh, but I would finally get the energy up to be able to move my fingers and my hands, move my body again. I would get up out of my bed. And a lot of times I would uh, make, finally get my blankets and stuff and make my way down the hallway and sleep on the floor in my brother's room. And he was nice enough to let me sleep in there. That was like the only way I could get to it. But even in there or get through the night uh, on nights like that. But I, I've learned later in, in reading accounts, uh, decades later, came across a, a post on Reddit about sleep paralysis, where this figure of this old hag, this old shadow figure of an old lady dressed in rags with like a shawl over her head, almost like a witch, was like uh, uh, very true to what I would see and uh, and what I would encounter and experience. And this wasn't every night. It was very intermittent, very random. I would I was like a good kid, happy-go-lucky, and then suddenly uh, I would just wake up in the night looking around, gripped in terror, and some of the times see this thing and this reflection that looked like it was in my room looking into the glass or out the window or outside my window looking in, looking around, observing me, and looking in the bedroom. And, uh, man, I've... Uh, I, the way that I coped with it as a kid is really funny. I used to pray a lot, you know, because I grew up really religious. And so I would pray a lot. I would try to sing hymns. Uh, I try to cope with it through the faith and through the religion and through those means uh, as best as I could to try and deal with it like they were evil spirits, you know. Uh, <laughs> and uh, anyway, but nothing ever really happened to me other than me being terrified of there being like this old, like ghost entity, like hovering in my in my room at night or outside my window at night. Um, so one of the things that I did was I actually set up, it sounds really funny, but this is how scared I was. I actually uh, set up a string pulley system in my room so that from my bed, all I had to do was reach up right by my head. And if I pull the string right here, it would turn the lights off. And if I reached up to the right side of my head and pulled the rope, it would pull the string that I had rigged up that went through an eye bolt that I had on my headboard. And then it went up uh, the wall and then above the door and then down to my light switch. Uh, so that when I pulled on one string, it would pull the light up. And when I pulled on the other, it would turn the light off, which was really awesome as a kid growing up when I wasn't scared because I could sit in my room and just pull the string and turn my lights off. But my parents probably thought I was super strange <laughs> because I had this whole like MacGyver set up this like Goonie system <laughs> in my bedroom so that I could just reach up and pull the string to turn my lights on because I literally could not move. I was too afraid to even roll over. I couldn't turn my head. It was like uh, actually being paralyzed in my bed uh, when these things would happen, but not all the time. Sometimes I would wake up, in a completely different place in the house. Um, this started after I got sick one time. I got really sick uh, with a fever, uh, with a kidney infection. And then after that, um, I, I'll get back to that. That was a very strange experience when I, I had a very high fever. Um, I'll just tell you right now. So I had a, a high fever. Uh, this was when I was at this point, I was like a freshman in high school. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll come back to this story okay, when I had the fever because different things started happening after that as well. Before that, um, 
I started waking up in different places in the house. I would wake up down. We had a wood burning fireplace downstairs in the main part of the house uh, before we inserted a gas furnace in there. Uh, but we used to have to go split firewood outside and bring it in and actually build a fire to get through the winter. Um, and so I don't know if it was subconsciously, I would get cold in the night when the fireplace would go out, but I would wake up sitting down in front of the fireplace like I was camping or something. And I would wake up mid sentence. Like I was in a conversation with somebody uh, looking around and then not know how I got there with a blanket over my shoulders, sitting, just talking to the fireplace. Uh, and sometimes the fire wasn't even going. And sometimes I obviously had gone downstairs, started the fire, was warming up and then fell asleep and started dreaming. But other times uh, I had no idea how I got downstairs in front of the fireplace. But this got even stranger because I would wake up outside on the balcony um, in the middle of these big thunderstorms and lightning storms that would occur. Um, <laughs> and I don't have any explanation for that either. It's probably a good thing I didn't walk out on the upstairs balcony and fall off. But these are when I started having these strange like missing time incidents where I would be in my room getting ready for bed and I remember picking up my laundry, uh, kind of getting ready uh, to go to bed for the night, getting ready in my pajamas to go to bed. And then next thing I know, it's like there's this gap in time. It's like I, I remember, and this happened many times as a, as a little kid. At this point, I'm probably 10, 10 to 12 years old uh, around that age. Um, I would get ready to go to bed and it's like I would turn my light off and then I don't even remember crawling into bed. Uh, it's like I would be on the edge of my bed saying my prayers because I would say prayers as a kid. And then all of a sudden I'd be saying my prayers at the side of my bed, kneeling down, trying to be a good little church boy, you know? And the next thing I know, I'm like, uh, and I'm not laying down out on the balcony outside in the middle of a rainstorm, I'm kneeling down just like I was next to my bed. So just like I would be praying next to my bed, kneeling down with my hands like this, uh, like with my elbows up on the, up on the mattress, I would wake up suddenly um, outside on the second story balcony and the wind would be blowing. Sometimes I'd be soaking wet with rain. My blanket would be soaking wet. And I would look up and around and have no memory of going outside. And there would just be this massive uh, thunderstorm and lightning. Um, and I would sit out there. And as a little kid who was praying, I thought this was like spiritual. To me, this was like a confirmation that my beliefs and my religion and the church and things like that, uh, that I believed in because I was praying at the time and stuff that it was true Looking back on it now, it's like a missing time abduction type experience because I don't remember even going out onto the balcony. And this led to me, because I related it to being a spiritual experiences, a, a spiritual experience and, and fitting it in the box of religion, uh, this led to me trying to initiate it, meaning whenever I was going through any kind of weird hard time in my life, or feeling like I wanted an answer to my prayer, uh, I would 
purposefully go out when there was any kind of a thunderstorm, lightning clouds, or a big storm rolling in. It didn't even matter if it was in the wintertime. If there was any kind of a blizzard or storm, I would go uh, a lot of times. I would go out on the balcony, bundle up in a blanket, and try to pray to attract uh, some sort of uh, an encounter again, a spiritual experience. I wanted to get taken again or whatever. And I honestly, I've never been hypnotically regressed to try and remember anything that occurred or if I was abducted or had any kind of exp uh, spiritual experience, paranormal encounters. But I, I had all sorts of experiences of waking up on this upstairs balcony or in the guest room, just like sitting huddled up in a weird corner facing the corner or facing the wall, just like I was put back in a strange way or try, like it doesn't make any sense. And sometimes where I'd be on the balcony wasn't even on the right side of the balcony. Like, you know how when you're in a habit as a person, like when you like to go sit out on the porch, you go like to sit in your favorite spot. And if nobody's there, you kind of sit in your favorite spot. Well, I would wake up out on the balcony in these random spots, like sitting in a corner, just looking up at the sky soaking wet in a rainstorm uh, with the uh, lightning cracking off like loud thunder and lightning going off. And I would just look around and, and, uh, and be like, wow. And thought this was like some amazing experience that I was grateful for. And then I would go to bed, <laughs> go back to bed. Like, Oh, that was really cool. You know, like uh, nothing big. And uh, I want to tell another experience because this is probably the weird one of the weirdest of my childhood i've already told a few but this is where i would have to say if you want to get into the topic of other dimensions of reality alternate dimensions of reality i'm going to tell a story that i've never told anybody except for this the the one other person that shared the experience with me um i i ah, it's so strange because it makes me sound crazy. Uh, if I didn't, if this wasn't a shared ex paranormal experience, if the friend that I was with didn't see and, and experience and describe exactly the same thing that happened to me, uh, I don't know. I would just ch probably chalk it up like some sort of a, uh, a freak nightmare or strange experience, except for what happened was mutual. <laughs> it was collectively shared with me and my buddy. Um, I won't tell you his name or anything like that. Um, for Okay. First of all, I got a question. Let's see if a fever when you're a kid, it gives you altered state of reality. Yeah. Gregory DeGraff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just really quick. I'll probably share this story a little bit later because, or maybe in part two video when I come back to all of this, but the, yeah, when I had a fever, I was a fast forward in the story. I was a freshman in high school at the time. I uh, had a fever of 104 from a kidney infection and it probably went higher than that. But uh, yeah, I hallucinated that the entire ceiling was boiling like a froth. Like if you blew bubbles in milk and you see like the, the bubbles like boiling like a, just like you, if you put milk in a pot and boiled it, the entire ceiling looked like it was boiling. And I had the craziest out of proportion, like Alice in Wonderland syndrome type skewed reality uh, perspective uh, experiences where the whole room was shifted and skewed. And then after that, uh, after that fever, uh, you know, I also had was terrorized by a giant clown 
that was like throwing dynamite at me does <laughs> it go exploding uh that was like in my house running around like this giant clown that came into the living room when I had the fever. But that was later when I was like a freshman in high school. So um, anyway, getting back to the shared experience that I had with my friend, um, I'm really curious if any of you guys have ever had a dream or some sort of a paranormal encounter that was witnessed by other people, because this is the first one that I've ever had. Um, I would say at this time I was probably 12 years old. We were probably 12 years old. I would say we were in the summer between the sixth and the seventh grade. And the scenario was this friend of mine lived on the same block as me. And he was, let's see, I lived on one corner and he lived straight down the road on the other corner of the same street as me. Uh, And his whole family had gone on a trip and because of, something going on at school or some sports or something like that, that we were doing or that he was involved in. He didn't want to go on the trip. So his family had asked him to stay home and house sit. So my friend asked me if I would come over and just like, Hey, will you you come over and hang out with me? My parents are gone. We'll goof around, you know, play some games and, and, uh, and then we'll have a sleepover and stuff. So I was like, sure. I asked my parents uh, and they said it was fine. So went down the road when it was time to hang out. His parents were all gone. It was just me and him. And I'm trying to remember the way this house was. So when you go up to the front of the house, the way you went in the front door was you would actually go upstairs onto an upper deck. And then the front door was up like on the second story. And you would go in the front door, living room. And then the living room was like long and rectangular off to the left. Um, And then you'd go forward and it went right into the kitchen that paralleled the living room. And if you walked through the kitchen and around, there was a wrought iron kind of railing or like handrails. Maybe it could have been wooden. Um, I just remember it being that vintage, like 1960s, 70s type of of build, you know, Uh, dark brown hardwood floors and wood paneling. Uh, And then there were stairs that went down into a, a basement and then there was like bedrooms in the basement. The upstairs had a bathroom and, and bedrooms upstairs as well. And for whatever reason, we were playing down in the basement. And as the night went on, we both got like, uh, we, we, we weren't scared or anything. There wasn't any thing about it, but for some reason we decided me and my buddy that we were going to sleep in the kitchen. We didn't want to sleep down in the basement. It was just like our intuition was like, now you should, we're going to sleep upstairs. We didn't sleep in his siblings room in his sibling uh, siblings rooms or anything like that. His bedroom was in the basement, but we didn't want to sleep down in the basement for some reason. We were just kids, you know? So we decided that we were going to like, for some reason, sleep in the kitchen. It's like this central spot in the house near the, the front door and the back door. Um, but for whatever reason, we put these like uh, like sleeping bags out near the kitchen table and we, we just got pillows and we went to bed laying up in the kitchen. And I'm just going to tell you guys the experience that I had and why it was so weird. Because when I woke up, my after I had the experience throughout the night, um, my friend woke up and was acting very strange. Okay. 
And he started telling me about these, like these trolls that were in his house, like that he had had this nightmare that we were getting kidnapped or abducted down into these underground caves by these like troll beings, these like uh, gremlins. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it to you guys, but I'm just telling you exactly what happened. Um, but it was like we were, we went to bed in the kitchen and I'll just tell you what I saw, what, what happened. It was like I fell asleep and I don't remember dreaming anything. I don't remember, you know, we were just having a good time goofing around as buddies and, and, and playing as friends. And we laid down to go to sleep. And then it was like I was jolted awake, uh, startled awake. And when I lifted my head to look around the kitchen, it was like I was still in the kitchen. And I looked to my right and I could see the stairs going down uh, into the basement. But then it was like the reality was overlaid or overlapped or augmented with some sort of a different reality. And instead of the hallway going down to where the bathroom and these other bedrooms were, and instead of the stairs going down into the basement, now instead of hallways, these were no joke. It was like they were cave entrances. They were tunnel entrances that went down <laughs> into the earth they were dark tunnels and these like shadow caves with cracks and like they were made of stone. Um, and there, I don't know how to describe it, but there were these goblin type creatures, these little uh, strange creatures. I'll try to describe them. Uh, imagine them being no taller than maybe four feet tall. Uh, they had, they were like short, like they had thick necks uh, like a hobbit or something like little gremlins or goblins or trolls. Um, they didn't have pink colored skin. It was like, I don't know, like troglodyte skin. <laughs> it was like a grayish green kind of, uh, and, and then like uh, strangely blue, like imagine darker in the armpits and around the nose and the ears. Uh <sighs> And the, the, the ears were large. The nose was large, uh, abnormally large. Um, there was several of them. I would say there was, I remember it, there being at least three of these things. Uh, yeah, it was kind of like a grayish, greenish, bluish, like, uh, like the Urukai in Lord of the Rings or something, just like the goblins in Lord of the Rings. But instead of being skinny, these things were kind of like portly, like little, uh, some of like the, it was like a couple of them had like almost little pot bellies and they were running around with, uh, like almost like primitive clothing, but more like tribal, like loincloth type clothing or, uh, like not cloaks or robes, but more like togas, like weird, I don't know, very natural cloth. But these things had big hands and long fingers and big feet and long, kind of weird spindly legs, uh, but big abdomens and large bodies, pot bellies, large noses. This one had a long nose that almost hang down, hung down over its mouth, almost to its chin, and these big ears. <laughs> and honestly, none of this 
made sense to me for the longest, longest time until if you're interested in this, if you've studied anything about the Shaver mystery, um, the Shaver mystery has to do with alternate dimensions of reality. These strange, like alien type uh, troll android. It sounds like a crazy person talking, but if you go look at this, there's the Taros and the Daros and the Daros are like these weird underground hollow earth, honeycomb earth troll beings that open dimensional portals, come into our reality and abduct people and do experiments on them and then put them back. And they're also responsible for flying around in different flying craft like UFOs. Uh, you'd consider them like other extra dimensional beings, interfrequential beings, ultra terrestrials, fey folk like goblins. You know, I wonder if ancient people in other ancient times experienced similar altered states of consciousness or out of body sort of encounters um, where they uh, woke up around the campfire or in their village and had similar type experiences or they were meditating or doing sort of shaman rituals and had augmented reality, altered reality type of encounters and experiences like this. But uh, in the Shaver mystery, this uh, this guy encountered beings exactly like this. I had not heard of anything about the Shaver mystery, uh, honestly, until like last year. But this happened when I was like 12 years old. And what's strange is that my friend that was with me had the exact same thing. We both remember even seeing each other in the dream. Uh, and even just a couple of weeks ago, I actually messaged my buddy on Facebook and asked him, I was like, do you remember this happening when we were kids? And he was like, yeah. And he even described to me, yeah. I'll, uh, I'll see if I can pull it up in the background on my uh, Facebook. I'll even read you what he said to me. Uh, but he remembered it and uh, recalled it um, exactly that they had the big noses and everything like that. Let's see. He said, yes, I'm pulling it back up here, but let me just basically recount to you what my experience was. It was like a cave opening that went where the hallway used to be and where the basement was, was like a tunnel going down and this cave going down where the hallway was, was now not a hallway, but was a tunnel entrance. Um, let's see. Oh, this is from, I'm going to have to scroll back through earlier messages and everything, but yeah, he recounted and basically says, yeah, he says, I do remembered the ones that I saw. Some of them had like 12 inch long noses or something like that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, he recounted them even almost having like foot long, almost crazy big noses and stuff. And this is the same in these strange shaver mysteries uh, where they were, he is encountered and sees these uh, alternate realities, like these uh, these Daryl's beings, and describes them in his books exactly like what happened to me and my friend. But what I saw was these like goblin or troll like things, critters, these monsters that came into the kitchen and were running around, and they were just running around and they were jumping up on the kitchen counter and climbing around on the cupboards and looking through everything. It was like, they were like gremlins, you know, just like the movie gremlins. And they were coming up and looking at us and pulling on our sleeping bags. 
And then it was like they were trying to drag us or convince us to go down this cave with them and to join them down this dark tunnel. And I remember even my friend being there and him being terrified. And it was like we were sitting up in our sleeping bags and they would run up at us one at a time or sometimes two at a time, grab the bottom of the sleeping bag and try to like pull us or pull us out of the bag, get a hold of us. But it was like they couldn't quite get us to come with them. And we weren't convinced. And for some reason, I don't remember being terrified. It was like they were these goblin things uh, were trying to somehow keep us calm. It was like they were able to convey uh, an, a, mes- a message to us like, you're fine. Everything's okay. Like, come with us. This is cool. Like, like these little trickster goblins. And so I was like, I felt very calm, but it was like, no, like, I'm not supposed to go with strangers type of a vibe. You know what I mean? I was like, I don't think I should go with you guys. Like, this is very odd. And it was like this whole interaction. And at some point, I remember it was like me and my friend were now down in the basement. But we were partially in this cave. And these things were running around, crawling around, us, sometimes down on all fours, like crawling on their hands and their feet. And they're, you know, all creepy, these little pot-bellied, like gremlin things. Uh, and then it was like, and then we would be back up in the kitchen and then we were back in the basement. And then at one point I remember I was like standing up and I was like yelling through the house. And I was like yelling down the hallway. And I was like, go away. And I was like trying to tell them to go away and trying to leave. Uh, this is how I remember this as a kid. And then next thing I know, I'm uh, waking back up. The sun's coming up. And I just remember when the sun started to come up through the windows, uh, seeing like the dust like on the vinyl flooring in the kitchen and just being so glad that it was morning time and feeling like I had gone all night and had not rested at all. And I felt like, oh, my gosh, like, did we stay up all night? Like, what happened? And I sat there, and it was like at first, it was like I was trying to remember what had occurred. Uh, And it was like I had dreamt it all, but it was so bizarre because it was in my buddy's house and so real. It was like I had sleepwalked. I was a little bit, uh, you know, weirded out by it. And so I didn't really bring it up. It was like I was embarrassed by it, you know. And then my friend uh, was there and he was like, dude, I had the weirdest dream. I had this dream that like uh, we were here in the kitchen and you were in my dream with me. And this thing, it was like there was these tunnels and these creatures were running around and they had these these huge noses. They were like these trolls or like these goblins. And he literally told me everything that had happened to me from his perspective, exactly like I had told the story. And that's when I decided like halfway through it, I was like, I happened to me too. I saw it too. And we were all weirded out. And we talked about this. It was like suddenly we had this bond, me and this friend of mine. I went home that day and we even got back together. Like we had another sleepover where he came over to my house the next time. And all we talked about was how that had happened. How it was like this, this thing had occurred, this weird 
thing had happened in the in the, in his house, and these like troll things had come. These goblin things had come and tried to take us with these big noses and these big ears, and they had these little pot-bellied fat things ran around in his house. And we we recounted this story over and over. And then it was like at school on the playground, we were hanging out together, and it was like, what happened? what happened to us? And we would just tell the story again. Yeah, I saw this and then I saw that. And then they came up to me and they were trying to grab me. And it was like, they were talking to me, but they weren't. It was so bizarre. It was so strange. And then at one point it was like, we just kind of like, it had run its course. We quit talking about it. And then at one point, I'm ashamed to say this. He started bringing it up to me again because years went by and he was like, dude, you remember when we were kids and I, I told my friend, uh, yeah, first of all, if, if anybody has had this happen to them over in the comment section, please let me know. I would love to hear your comments, your similar encounters. If you want to email them to me, I'm going to update my email on my YouTube uh, account. If you want to email me your stories or share them with me privately, you can follow me on Instagram and do that as well uh, or reach out to me on Twitter or wherever you want. But uh yeah, we had this shared experience and we talked back and forth about this for a long, the longest time. And then I'm ashamed to admit that when we got a little bit older, kind of into high school and he was telling me about it, we were hanging out one night and I, I actually told him, man, I think I made all that up. I think I dreamt it. And I, I think I probably made all of that up so that we would like be friends and stuff because it just weirded me out. Like I wanted to be normal. I wanted to have like a normal childhood and I was, I felt like I wasn't, I felt like my, my life was uh, strange up to that point with these kinds of things uh, that I couldn't explain recurring dreams, the kind of missing time experiences, and then having a shared sort of out of body uh, paranormal encounter with these other entities, almost like the shaver mysteries with the tarot's and the Daryl's or these ultra terrestrials, these weird like goblins, like the fae folk, you know, they were uh, these other cultures. They talk about them like trolls, goblins or fairies or leprechauns, you know, coming out of the ground out of different portals. Um, but this is what happened as a kid. That's what occurred. And my friend woke up and told me that the same thing happened to him. I don't know how to explain it. I told him that I made the whole thing up years later. But I made up for that. Uh, you know, I've messaged him since then and be like, dude, I don't know how to explain that. I think I lied and told you that I had lied about it because I was just afraid of it, you know, when I was a little kid. But here I am now sharing the entire experience with you. Uh, some of these weird, like out of body, other dimensional type uh, dream experiences where I feel like I was walking around and doing stuff in my house. I don't know if it was... Uh, if the missing time stuff when I was a kid out of my uh, out of my balcony, if I could relate that more to like abduction encounters or uh, experiences, but this experience over at my friend's house only happened the one time and felt very strange, like uh, alternate dimension. Like if there was entities that lived right alongside us in a weird shadow verse, like in our blind spot, and then somehow at night. They could affect our consciousness or perceptions and jump jump through and come through and abduct people or abduct kids or whatever. <laughs> yeah. But these types of experiences as a young kid have driven me to try and understand like the actual nature of the fabric of reality and human consciousness, different states of altered consciousness, 
different dream states, lucid dreaming, astral projection, and how to control these experiences. Because if it is a dream state, I want to be able to control it. I want to be able to master those dimensions of reality. And if there's other beings or entities there, or uh, if they're just subconscious reflections of my own self manifest out in my a bedroom, like in a dream in a sleep paralysis episode, I want to be able to communicate with it or I want to be able to control it. If I find myself wandering around astral projected or out of body, I'm trying to learn how to control that. So I'm learning remote viewing. I'm learning lucid dreaming. I'm trying to practice all these things in meditation. I don't know what you guys do, but to me, it's all like in preparation for the ultimate meditation is when you die. What happens when you die? How are you going to navigate these other dimensions of reality outside of your body and stuff like that? And I feel like some of these experiences that I've had throughout my life and growing up are kind of uh, teaching me about that. So I don't know. Are they extraterrestrials? Are uh, these other dimensions of reality? Am I coming out as my consciousness coming out of the third dimension into a dreamscape or uh, the astral plane or other dimensions of reality of the multiverse? I don't know, but I'm trying to get a grip on it. I have so many other stories that I want to tell. I've been going on for about an hour. So I think I'm going to wrap this one up. Uh, I've left a whole bunch of, uh, stuff that I've written down. We haven't even got to my relationship with my father uh, and some of the stuff related to religious experiences and paranormal psychic type experiences that I had through my teenage years uh, related to my beliefs and how I've come to understand that as an adult. And then also in another video, I'll come back. We'll talk about Bigfoot encounter that I had that's almost like a skinwalker ranch type paranormal experience, UFO sightings that I've had, meditation encounters, and then I could go on and on because when I started trying to understand this, then I got introduced to the Gateway program from the Monroe Institute where I started learning deep levels of meditation and out-of-body travel and experiences and where I created a basically a, a waiting room in order to in, encounter extraterrestrials or ghosts or spirits or other beings in a safe controlled environment or in a safe way. So I want to share all of these experiences with you and some of these meditative visions, lucid dreaming stories, uh, paranormal encounters and experiences and more. I've got a whole journal of them. I can recount to you guys. Uh, we're just scratching the surface here. So let me know uh, if you guys have enjoyed this episode please subscribe and turn on notifications. Please get involved and let me know down in the comments. It reminds me, when you guys tell me your stories, I'm like, oh, it reminds me of things that I forgot about, details and stuff, uh, things that have happened to me in my life. Um, and it's validating as well. It's reinforcing and validating. It helps me not feel as crazy in my upbringing and my childhood. A lot of times you have experiences the reason they're called paranormal is because they're not normal. They don't fit into your paranormal, your paradigm of reality. They transcend that or they break the rules or they terrify you and jostle you out of that uh, feeling like your reality is solid and fixed in a particular way. Plenty more to come in the next episode, you guys, when I decide to do this. Make sure and check me out on uh Thursday over on Vinny's show over on the Disclosure team. I'm going to be interviewed over there and having a cool conversation or maybe we'll get more into this. But once uh, the next episode when we start talking about 
some of my religious experiences and then meditative experiences and out of body stuff, it's going to get uh, really strange and we're going to keep going further and further into it. So thanks so much everybody in the chat for joining. I always love having you guys come. I'm getting really close uh, to getting this channel monetized. And so I thought, you know what? I've got a lot of cool experiences myself. I might as well get them out there. Anybody that wants to get to know me, I love these types of podcasts. Hope you guys subscribe, turn on notifications, and uh, stay tuned. We'll see you guys in the next one. Let's see. i got to run my outro first, don't I? got to do this like a professional. So, all right. <laughs> Here we go with the outro. We'll see you guys later. Peace.